many of you believe the Holy Spirit's been speaking already? I mean, I, I want you to—I want you to realize something here. Okay, I got a feedback loop. You know, our service here is not—we don't just start with prayer and worship and have words of knowledge and prophetic words, so that we can kind of come to a climactic time where Pastor Ray or anyone else is sharing the word of the Lord. I do believe that that may be a process, and, and I understand. Okay, I'm still getting some feedback. But, but I really, I want us to really understand that the Holy Spirit's already spoken today. Amen. How many of you received something from what the Lord has spoken? I mean, he, you know, starting with Phil and Thea and, and others, four words, I'm missing some of them. Oh, yes, and Camille. Uh, there, there's a theme. Did you notice the theme to the, to, to the word today by the Holy Spirit? And uh, it's about learning to fight the good fight. It's learning not to quit. It's realizing that God has actually appointed and set you in a situation for you to bring down your Goliath. And, you know, we, we need to learn what the Holy Spirit is saying. And... Uh, uh, you know, the, Paul says this, and it's so powerful and so profound, where he's speaking to this young uh, apprentice in the ministry. He says to Timothy, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound, clear mind. I want to tell you right now, anything the enemy does or throws at you to intimidate you, he must, everything the devil throw at you, he must conquer you first in your mind. If he can conquer you here, then he's got your health, your wealth, your family, your marriage, your life. He's got to conquer it in your thought life. I got a, I got a. I want to show the snapshot. If I could just show the snapshot. I thought this was a little. Here's a little kitty looking into the mirror. I, I want to ask you guys a question. What is the man or the woman in the mirror that you see? We can talk all about warfare and praise and worship, but unless you see yourself, like this, you will lose your battles. God allows battles. He allows giants. The Old and the New Testament is about God sending us. Remember, remember what Jesus said in one of his parables? He said that we're to sit down and count the cost. And he says, when you count the cost, he said, you're to think about this. He says, you're to pause and think about Following him means coming against an army that's larger than you. That's what he said. Following Jesus. In other words, there's going to be the appearance. There's going to be things that come against you that are going to be, that physically are going to be a contradiction. There's going to be some things that causes you to question, God, why would you allow me to face something like this? And here's the reason. Because he never intended for you to fight it alone. 
if you're facing something larger than you, it's because, first of all, he has to change the way you see yourself in the mirror. I want to show a, a video clip. Can we do that right now? I'm going to shut my mic off here. Really? You're scared of her? Come on. It's okay, come on. Gunner. Gunner, come here. Gunner. Oh. Come on, boy. Come on. You can do it. I'm not going to come up there and get you. You've got to learn to walk past the cat. Come on. It's just a cat, dude. Come on. Charlie. Come on. She's not going to touch you. How many of you believe that's a crisis? That's called a crisis. But you know, when we look at something like that, it is kind of funny and it is, it, it's hilarious. But you know, you know what the issue is? And by the way, I'm not trying to convey anybody here that, that we're dogs. But I, I, I do believe that the dogs had an identity crisis, didn't they? 
Here's these dogs have canines, big teeth, and they let a little cat scare them. Yeah. And how many of you believe sometimes for believe? How many of you believe God has given us the kind of an identity where we're not to live in the spirit of fear? I, I believe that this year is a year to engage. Everyone say engage. Say this other word, execute. We're moving forward. We're not going backwards. And yet, let me tell you something. When you begin to understand that greater is he who is within me than he that's in the world, we're not going to be running from these little issues in our life. We have made mountains out of issues in our life and God has called us. I want to just for a minute go back into the book of Numbers because the Lord spoke to me. He said, let my people know that this is a year to possess the promise. The year to move forward, to possess the promises of God. And I so appreciate what Cherie said, what Athea said, what Camille was saying. And just such a confirmation that we need to learn how to fight. Now, well, let me just give you some little simple pointers on battles and fighting. And I said, the first thing is the enemy must first conquer you in your mind. He must intimidate you with not just thoughts and vain imaginations, but the enemy will use offenses. People. Everyone say people. He will use people. He will use offenses. The 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 trick of the enemy is to get us to begin to be so narrow-minded and where we begin to think so small. See, the Word of God enlarges your capacity, begins to enlarge you to you understand that you are more than conquerors. To be more than a conqueror means this is that even before the battle begins, you already have the confidence that God is your strength. He's already your salvation. You, you already know that. And, and the one thing about it is, the Bible says in Hebrews that we have to gird up the loins of our mind. We've got to literally learn to exercise. Everyone say exercise. It's, 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 in, it's in Hebrews chapter 5. It says those that are weak have need of the milk of the word. But those who can absorb and take in meat, the meat of the word are those who by reason of exercise, everyone say exercise. I've got to exercise my mind. I've got to exercise my choices, my will. I have to exercise. It's, it's, it's scriptural. It's in Hebrews chapter 5, the last four verses. I have to exercise. You cannot fight when you're defenseless. You cannot fight. You can't come against an enemy that's greater than you when you do not feed on the word of God. If you're not reading your Bible, I want to tell you right now, you are listening to a demonic lie that says, you don't need it. You cannot win. The Bible says, Revelations 13, I could go to so many scriptures. The Bible says that in the last days, that the spirit of seduction and spirit of deception will cover the earth. 
says that. Jesus said that in the last days, Matthew 24, he's speaking about what before he comes back, he says, in the last days, deception will come, many will be deceived, and he says this, and the love, the love of many will wax cold. In other words, they will become distant and isolated in their relationship with the Lord, in their relationship to the word, in their relationship to one another. They will become isolated, cold, and the next step of deception is where you begin to justify your actions. And then the third stage is when we become reprobate, Romans 1, where it says because they did not like to retain the knowledge of God in their conscience. This is the dangerous thing right here. God gave them over to their own desires. The worst thing that I heard a, a brother speak one time, he says the worst thing God could ever allow to happen, even to his own people, is where God says, if you want what you want, go for it. Jesus even said to Judas Iscariot, Jesus was working, I believe Judas, in my opinion, Judas was the one man that Jesus was working on the most. I really believe that because Jesus knew his end. Jesus went after that man. But there came a point where Jesus said at the Last Supper, Judas, whatever you have to do, do it quickly. I don't want to be in that place. That's a man who's caved and compromised in his life, who was set on, he had his own agenda. He was a smart man. He was an intelligent man. But he was a deceived man because he was following Jesus for the wrong reason. He wanted Jesus to use his power to conquer Rome, to establish the Jews as the way he interpreted the Old Testament. And when Jesus died on the cross, Judas realized that he was guilty of slaying innocent blood. What a horrible thing. Now, what I'm, what I'm saying this is, I want to say this for, for the sake of hope. We don't have to go that way. How many of you know we don't have to go that direction? And just because we're ministering the grace of God and God's mercy and God's love and we're speaking about the power of his love and what the believer can be, I want us to know life comes down to one simple thing, your choices. You can choose, as the Holy Spirit spoke this morning, I can choose to fight or I can choose to cave in. And I, I'm going to say this, my spirit, I believe God has amazing things for his people. I really believe that. I, I, I believe that when Jesus said that, greater is he that is within us. And in, in the book of Numbers, for the sake of just uh, moving through this, in Numbers chapter 13, God spoke to Moses and he said this, Moses, I want you to take 12 men from all the 12 tribes of Israel and I want you to send them in to spy out the land. Now remember what God was saying all the time. He said, it's a land of promise. It's a land full of milk and honey. Now the, the, that phrase, milk and honey, in the Hebrew literally means a land of pasture, a land for grazing, and a land that is so fertile that it's going to cause prosperity, it's going to cause blessing, God's going to meet the needs in your life, but it's also a land that is full of giants. 
And he says this, I want you to send 12 men. Now think about this. A million and a half people are waiting for, for the news of the spies that would come back with the report. How many here have ever heard somebody give you a good report? How many have ever heard somebody give you a bad report? If you're even watching the news right now, we realize that even on the news with what's going on in Washington, everyone's trying to get the upper hand by getting your attention to sway your opinion because they realize the power and the influence of information. But information can be negative information. How many have ever heard gossip from somebody come to find out later, wait a minute, it wasn't the total truth. See, it's foolish to take one side. Very foolish. To, as Carol and I have been pastor for 28, 30 years right now. One thing we always tell people, we never take sides. We have to remain neutral. Yeah, but pastor, you, you, just, you just don't know what, what happened. Well, I hear what happened. Then you're not listening. No, I'm listening, but I want to know the other side. How many of you believe that's just a good thing to live by? By the way, there may be more than two. There could be three sides, four. There could be a dozen sides. But we never make rash decisions based on information especially if someone is wrapped up in something emotional. This is how we get off track. Here we find here that God told Moses to send the spies, and you know the, the word, and it says that when the word came back, listen to what they said. They came back actually with a positive report. He said, the land, verse 26, that we saw was a fruitful land. We went in where you sent us, and it was truly flows with milk and honey, and it is fruitful. Nevertheless, the people. <laughs> How many of you know every time God has a promise for you, it's going to involve people? Everyone say people. people. You can't live your life, your Christian life, isolated from people. He wants people in your life. Here's why. Because God as brings people into your life for you to be a solution and an answer to their problems. The promised land isn't just prosperity and a life without problems. No, God's going to send us into situations or allow things to come into our life for us to be a solution, sometimes for us to even become a sacrifice. Do you know that your problems sometimes are arranged by God for others to watch how you go through it. You may say, Lord, why, why do I have to go through this? Because I'm using you as an example for others to follow. You may say, well, this is not fair. That's right. It's not fair because God wants to... How many of you know that miracles come from things that are a contradiction? Miracles come from things that do not make sense. That's what makes it a miracle. Is how, can it be, how can it be sensible or re reasonable? But here the Lord sends, they come back and they begin to talk about the land. The Amalekites dwell in the land, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And, and they begin to focus on all the enemies. And it says, but Caleb quieted the people. 
One of the most important things in any battle, if we're going to fight, we need to learn how to be quiet and listen to what the Lord says. I really appreciate what Camille said today where she began to worship. You know what? When you begin to worship and you begin to let the shout, let me tell you, Jehoshaphat, as, as, uh, as Cherie was talking about this morning, God told him to go in to the valley and he said to be still. Do not allow your emotions to begin to control the battle. He said be still. Sometimes being still means, it doesn't mean to simply be quiet. A lot of people think that's what it means. But to be still means to hold, it literally in the Hebrew means to hold your stance or hold your position of faith with praise. That's what it means. In the Hebrew, it means to hold steady. Don't lose it. Don't just allow your emotions in your mind because the Bible says the Syrians and the Moabites, and I can't remember the third party, it says that they surrounded Jehoshaphat and they went to fasting and prayer and they went before the Lord and the prophet, the prophetic word came through this young prophetic voice and he began to say that this battle is the Lord's and you will not have to fight this battle. But God says what you're going to do is you're going to go down and you're going to shout the voice of praise. And do you know what happened with the Moabites and the Syrians and this other army? I can't remember who, what, what, who they were. But it says that when they heard the sound of worship, the enemy turned on themselves. And they begin to kill each other. Do you know your praise drives the devil mad? When you begin to praise the Lord and you begin to worship God, I, you know, some people think about passages, it's just not my personality to just kind of be a kind of a, an external kind of, no, it has nothing to do with personality. It has nothing to do if you're an introvert. This is not just for the extroverts. The sound of praise is the actual power that comes from heaven inside of you and it begins to break down strongholds, listen to me, in your mind, it begins to break down spiritual wickedness and powers and boundaries and barriers in high places. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood. God is calling us as a church to move forward, to be light and salt in the earth. Guess what? We're not bringing a question. We're bringing a solution. We're not bringing problems. We're bringing answers. And sometimes those answers comes in the form of you and I becoming a living sacrifice. Listen to me. There are people in this room that have suffered the loss of things. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? I have learned that whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be content. Why? Why content? I've learned to, to, uh, I've learned to prosper and I've learned to be poor. I've learned to be strong. I've learned to understand the purpose of coming into a place where I don't have the answers. I've learned to be weak and vulnerable so that the grace of God will abound with thanksgiving to many. Paul says this, I count all things a loss. That kind of goes against the prosperity message, but here's the point. Then I might gain Christ. 
Let me tell you something. In the kingdom, you cannot gain until you've gone through loss. See, fighting the battle sometimes doesn't mean that things make sense and when there's a prosperity or maybe you're thinking that there should be certain kinds of results, there should be certain results that I should be having because I, I'm thinking I'm following the Lord. Sometimes your loss becomes a gain. Here's, here's how it happens. Your loss and the things that you and I walk through that may seem like a victory for the devil actually turns out to be a powerful benefit. And listen to me. The Bible says in Revelations 12 that God's people, the saints of the Lamb, will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Some of you right now have a testimony. You would never have thought that your loss or your pain or issues in your life are a testimony. But do you know God wants you to learn Take another look at your loss. Start looking, not at, as a defeat, but look at what you've gone through and see how God takes what you've gone through to begin to open a sense of compassion and understanding. And there's a wisdom that only you have because of your loss. No one can preach like you can because of your loss. Because of your weakness. I've gone through weaknesses. I've gone through defeats. And I came under such condemnation. There were things in my own personal life. I hurt my own wife. I hurt myself. I hurt the church one time. I, I knew there were things that were just wrong. And yet through that, God brought a brokenness in my life to minister to people that I would never have thought I could minister to. See, God takes what the devil meant for evil. And he turns it around. The reason why one of the most powerful, well, let me just finish this text and I'm going to close because I don't have time. But here we find that when Caleb quieted the people and Moses said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able. Everyone say, we are well able. To overcome it. Moses had to quiet the people. You know, sometimes you just got to say, listen, let's stop the nonsense. Let's get back on track. And I believe it was Athea. Athea came and she says about the prodigal, I think you said something about that, Athea, how when, we're, when, we, when we've blown it, we've fallen away, maybe we're in a place of weakness. God welcomes us home. He welcomes us back. He loves us so much. And I love what it says here. They're, they're at the precipice. They're at this point of moving into the land. And they're all shook up. They're bent out of shape. They're falling apart. They're emotionally disturbed and distraught because they actually, listen to me, Israel began to think that God tricked them and lied to them and literally thought, listen to me, Israel began to think that God was a liar, a trickster, a manipulator. He's brought us here to kill our family. That's what they said about the promised land. And they were deceived. You know why they were deceived? The book of Psalms says this. Moses knew God's ways. 
but Israel knew God's works. Here's the point. If all you're doing is looking for manifestations and following miracles, but you don't come to know God personally, you'll move into deception. I don't want to be a man who's, oh, I'm just looking for the new greatest thing. I just want to go to the biggest revival. I want to just see signs and wonders and miracles. That's what Israel was doing. But they didn't know him. And so what happens, Moses says, Listen, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able. That's the word for this church. We're going to take possession. Well, what does that mean for you? And what does that mean? New Testament. What, what pastor? Well, what does it mean? We're taking possession. Number one, you are coming to accept that you're not just some little whining dog. You are a mountain mover, giant killer. You're blessed above all things. You've been chosen, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been called out of the world. You've been called and anointed with the Holy Ghost. All heaven resides in you. God has changed your mind. He changes your vision. He changes your speech. He begins to change the way you look at problems. Instead of being a problem, it becomes a solution. It becomes part of the master plan for you to begin to conquer and take things down. But I want to tell you something. In the battle, you cannot just go into a battle thinking about, well, if I don't see results, then obviously I must be powerless. No, that's not right. You've got to pray. You've got to believe as though the mountain will come down. You are to call those things that are not as though they are. You are to believe even when you don't see the miracle, you don't see the salvation, you don't see the fruit of your labor right away. Do not ever see your labor as in vain. It's not in vain. The Paul made it clear to the church at Corinth. You guys are putting us, Apollos, you're putting me and Paul and Cephas, which is Peter. You're all putting us on these pedestals. Paul rebuked the Corinthians. He says, I planted, Apollos came and he watered, but it was God who brings the increase. Because Paul realized that the purpose of his ministry was not to seek results. The purpose was to simply be faithful. The Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew 25, he says, he says, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He didn't say thou good and successful. He said you good and faithful. There have been many in this church. This, this church is a powerful church. You people have been serving. You have been sacrificing. You have been giving. And sometimes we don't always see the results. But I'm going to tell you something. God has watched and he's taken a mark on that. And he's blessed you because of your faithfulness. God promised Abraham nations. But all they got was one son. But yet out of that, God says, from your loins, nations. You're going to be the head, not the tail. I'm going to bless you that all the families of the earth will be blessed, Abraham, because of you. But listen to this. He never saw that. The Bible says because he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. He never saw the results of the promise except only through Isaac, which was a type and a shadow. I'm here to tell you right now, folks, God is bringing us to the precipice where we are to enter the land and we need to first in warfare, we need to first of all think right. We need to start speaking right because your words determine your future. And number three, you need to start walking right. 
Warfare is my walk. What does that mean? That means I'm going to keep my temple, my body. I'm not going to allow my body to be following the trends of the world in this culture. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I will not engage in sexual sin outside of marriage. I will not engage in the kind of thoughts or thinking that will contaminate and destroy and divide what the Holy Spirit's doing. I need to guard my heart. I do not follow the trends of the world. I do not follow pop psychology. I follow a kingdom psychology. The kingdom is forsake first his kingdom. If you come into the chapter 14, it says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and they cried. The people wept that night. The children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And they said this, if only we had died in Egypt. We don't want God's promises. We want to go back into sin. We're, we're, we find our comfort with sinners in sin. We, that's, that's where we find our comfort, the sin. How do I know that I'm truly born again? is that you have come out of Egypt. You have come out from the ideas and the philosophy and the lie and the deception, the demonic swamp. You come out of that and Jesus begins to clothe you with his righteousness. He embraces you with mercy. He covers you with his blood. It's not, we're, we're not earned, it's not earned, but it's by his blood, it's by his grace alone where we are saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. We come through, through the veil of his flesh. We embrace the fact that I am a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. The way I think, the way I'm speaking, the way I'm talking, I'm not allowing my eyes to observe things like, like pornography and strip clubs. I'm not going to those places because I'm a man of God. I will not allow myself at the break table to entertain gossip when people are tearing down the boss or the president or the Democrats or the Republicans. I will not allow that. Why? Because I'm guarding. Let me tell you something. Anyone who truly loves, walks in perfect love, discriminates. When you are walking in perfect love, what I mean by discrimination, that means that you are discriminating from anything that would come to contaminate. I make choices. I'm not going to, I'm not talking about discriminating against people, but I'm not going to allow their conduct, their influence, I'm not going to follow into their jokes because I am a man of God. And by the way, my atmosphere, my life is to overcome their darkness. I'm to love them. I'm to embrace sinners. Yes, Jesus was a friend of sinners. When Jesus touched the leper, they became clean. I believe that part of that discrimination I'm talking about is that I love them. I care about sinners. I care about people that are lost but I will not allow their mind and their activity and their lifestyle to influence me. I'm a friend to sinners, but I will not entertain fellowship. I will, that, what means that is that I will not become united in the way they think and the activities of their life. Jesus even put it so clear in Matthew 6. He says, if your right eye 
offend you. That has to do with the, the, the dominant thinking in your mind. If your mind is dominant by the culture of this world, Jesus didn't say to massage it. He said, pluck your mind out. If your right hand, which has to do with my activities, things that I'm doing, decisions that I'm making, if those things offend you, cut off your right hand. How many of you know, and then he said, your right foot. That has to do with my path. The direction is my direction. The things that I'm planning on, is it building and living for the kingdom? Or is the, the enemy coming and deceiving me and taking me over this cliff and really leading me right into hell? I want to tell you, folks, I'm so grateful for heaven, but hell is real too. So Israel began to say we should have died, we should go back. Why? 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 Verse 3, why has the Lord brought us to this place to fall by the swords and our wives and our children? We're infected. Read it. Verse 3. They begin to complain. And they said, let us select a new leader. Let's get rid of Pastor Moses. Let's get a new leader and let's go back to Egypt. If anybody begins to tell you that Christianity, the kingdom of God, and his word's not important, they're deceived. I'm not saying that you cut them off, you, you write them off, you pray for them, you love them, but you need to say, brother, sister, the Lord loves you, but I, want, I, I have to be honest with you, you're going on the wrong path. Amen? Don't shrink back, well, that's, that's the pastor's duty, no. The Bible says if any man offend, you are to go to them. You are to talk to them. That's part of the battle, by the way. It's not easy. That's not an easy part. But we do it in love. And then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation. And Joshua, the son of Nun, Caleb, uh, who, who also <clears throat> says they tore their clothes. They were just in anguish. And Caleb and Joshua and Moses, and they spoke to all the congregation, and this is, this is the word of the Lord here. The land that we pass through, the spy out, is an exceedingly good land. It, let me just say, let me interpret that for us today. What God has placed us in and where the Lord is leading us is a good thing. I need to begin to declare in my life, following Jesus, Carol, as for you and me and our house, we're going to serve God. Our kids are going to serve God. I can't make my kids serve God, but we're going to have a godly influence. And that means that we're going to talk about the Lord in our house. That's what that means today. It's, it's not a Sunday thing. Christianity is not, well, let's, let's put on our Sunday hat and go in here, Pastor Ray and Brad, y'all look kind of a little tired now. But Monday, we put our brain back, the other brain, and we go back to the normal way of life. No, Christianity is a lifestyle. If, it's, if it is awkward, if it is awkward for you to talk about the Lord in your house, I question your salvation. Woo. Why? Because Jesus said it. Out of your bellies will flow. When you're saved, there's a flow. There's a life that comes out. 
You're not a bubblehead. You are salt and light in the earth. Jesus said those who are light of the world, you don't put a you don't put a hat or a basket on their head. You let your light shine. You're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, 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 now, some of you may say, well, Pastor Ray, I'm, I'm just actually offended. Well, praise God, he heals toes. I am not trying to offend anyway. I want you to make it. I'm going to tell you something, true story that happened to me. I was over in Asia, and we were getting about ready to get on a plane. Uh, Rick Walker and I were getting about ready to get on a plane out of, out of Jakarta. And then we were going to fly to Tokyo, and then we are going to come back to the U.S. <clears throat> and I heard a gentleman come, he was part of the airlines, went over to the person behind the desk. We were about ready to board this airplane, and I overheard this. You know, we're having some problems with this airplane. That's all I heard. And I told Rick, I said, Rick, did you hear what that guy said? He says, they're having problems, but we're going to go ahead and fly anyway. Now, you know what I did? I went up to the desk. I said, guys, I overheard that there's a problem with the plane. And they said, they're looking at my ticket. Mr. Galligan is going to be fine. It's not a big deal. We always have problems with airlines all the time. Well, guess what? I demanded to go on another airplane. Now, you, you may say, well, what's the point? Here's the point. To me, as a pastor, I stand before the Lord in what I say to you. I'm going to be held accountable with a heavier judgment than any, actually any pastor, any elder will be. But I am, have to give an account for your soul. That's what God puts on me. I take this so seriously. And I want, I want everybody to be on the right flight. I want everybody to be on a healthy flight. I don't want, I don't want you to gamble with your life with sin or backsliding. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? Jesus said, Jesus made it so clear that if any man's going to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Here we find that God had a promised land. The Lord had a promise. And the, and the, and the Lord says, if, if, that two-letter word, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land flowing of milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land, for they are, listen, for they are our bread. Everyone say bread. God said that the giants were bread. What does that mean? Your problems were intended to give nourishment and strength to you. That's what he said. Right here in verse 8. I'm sorry, verse 9. Only do not rebel, for they are bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. Now, here's my point. I'm done. I believe God has amazing things for us. The battle we have to win, first of all, is we have to put on the whole armor. We need to gird up the loins of our mind. Amen? We need to be full of the word of God. Number two, we need to know who we are like that dog instead of being afraid of the little kitty. God wants you to realize you got some canine. 
you got some teeth. You don't have to be afraid. Boy, Camille, I just love your testimony. We're going to praise God in spite of these. And that, that spirit, I believe, was broken off that house. Thank you for that amazing testimony. But you walked through it, and she's experienced. And guess what? God's going to use to bring healing and deliverance with other people, you and Anton, both of you. Everything that you walk through becomes bread, not only for you, but for you to feed others. How did Jesus feed the 5,000? Because he learned to fast in the Luke chapter 4. He learned to deny himself the right to feed himself when Satan came to tempt him to turn stone into bread. So God gave him the power to break bread and to feed the multitudes. The Bible says, do not rebel. Fear the Lord. The protection of the enemy has departed and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. Can you say amen? But the Holy Spirit's here today. It's so strong. I believe God is saying it's time to arise. So what that means is this. I'm rising with a new identity. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave. I'm not held hostage anymore. I am a man of God, and I'm looking in the mirror. Instead of seeing a wimped individual, I'm seeing a conqueror. I'm seeing a mighty man of God. Number two, you are a solution to a problem. Number three, all things are for your sake. All things. God allows all things to happen. All things work together for bad. All things work together for good to them that love him and are called. You're called according to his purpose. Let's bow our heads, shall we, this morning. I believe God has opened an amazing door for us. God has set promises. By the way, we're going to get into our community. We're already doing it. We're connecting with certain things in our city right now. We're connected, and we're going to become involved for those who want to begin to use the tools, your gifts, your purpose. God has a purpose, a plan in your life. He has to establish that identity in a strong and a solid way. But the promised land has to do with where you're at the people that you're involved with. It may be your job. It may be your home or your marriage. It may be in your community. It is it Your promised land is taking the gospel of Jesus and the love of God to people that are lost and without hope. And let me tell you something. It's not just sharing Jesus, but it's giving Jesus through your life. As I said before, do not look at your losses. Don't look at your pain. Don't look at all the things you've worked walk through is a waste of time. No, God takes all those things and he uses them as arrows. And that grace and that wisdom flows out of you because God has built compassion. God has strengthened compassion and grace for you to be a giant killer. Let me tell you, David didn't kill Goliath first. He killed a lion and a bear in secret. And there's some things, private battles we are winning. There's private battles God's allowing you to face. And then he brings a Goliath. And that Goliath becomes the, the, the precedent. It becomes the turning point where God begins to establish him publicly. David now becomes a leader, a leader of influence. But let me tell you something. Even with a leader of influence, people were threatened. People were threatened. They became jealous of David. Saul hated David. David made Saul very prosperous and successful, served him. But yet David 
had humility and understood that it was, it's not about power, it's not about fame, it's about serving the will of God because David loved the people. When you love what God loves, God will begin to open doors. I want to love what he loves. He loves his people. He loves this city. He loves you. But he wants you to come out and be separate, saith the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6 says, come out, be separate. Taste not, touch not, handle not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. And you will be my sons and I will be your father. Read it, 2 Corinthians 6. Maybe this morning you may say, Pastor Ray, I'm going to move into the promises of God. I want to possess the land. And there's been things in my life, there's been fear in me. There's been things that have held me back. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand right now? Okay, see your hand. There's been issues of fear, and I've allowed the enemy to captivate and hold me hostage to things. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We lift our hands in faith. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us, Lord, the spirit of a lion. You have given us, Lord, the spirit of Jesus Christ. Lord, to see and make a way where there is no way. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for the prophetic words that came to your servants today. This was a powerful time. Lord, we will not forget and we will not allow the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy or rob what you're doing in our life. We move forward in faith because you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. And we give you the highest praise. And everyone said, God is good, isn't he? Stand to your feet. Praise God. I want you to say this to your neighbor. I want you to say, I see greatness in you. I want you to do that. I see the greatness of God in you. That's right. Declare it. Believe it. Move in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and have a great night, day.